Welcome to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner, a show about shifting our individual and collective beliefs on what is possible for the future of humanity. As our understanding of how our reality continues to shift, we are at a point of reunification between science and spirituality. What does the world look like when we break free from the generational trauma that has kept most humans playing small for thousands of years and step into our full power as the co-creators of this reality? I always ask that you keep an open mind with this podcast. Ask yourself what resonates with my truth at this time and what does not. Respect your intuition, but see if you can get through the whole show because there might be that little nugget buried deep in the conversation that unlocks something for you. Welcome back to Changing the Channel. I am joined by John C. Morley. He is a serial entrepreneur who is an engineer, marketing specialist, video producer, talk show and podcast host, and national keynote speaker. So welcome to the show, John. Thank you very much, Joe. It's a privilege, a pleasure, and honor to be with you to to share uh, with you and uh, your wonderful listeners and viewers today. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm very excited to have this conversation. So, you have been a whole bunch of different things. So, walk us through just a little bit of your journey from you know coming out of school as an engineer into uh, what you would call serial entrepreneurship. So. Before I graduate, I'll try to cut this short. I'll give you like the, you know, the, the bird's eye story. I was probably a junior, but I knew before I graduated that I probably wanted to start my own company. When I was a junior, I started a small company in college. It wasn't even official or anything. And I still remember this day. People were joking to me. It was basically on the phone. I would provide support for only $5 on the phone. In person, I would provide it for $10. Now, let me just rephrase this. That wasn't $5 an hour. That wasn't $10 an hour. That was $5 for solving the problem. In person, it was $10. I still remember to this day, uh, a friend of mine who asked me to come over. He was having trouble, I think, with Dungeons and Dragons. I was a junior and I believe he was a sophomore. And he said, I'm having computer problems. I hear you have a computer company. I need help. So I come over there and uh, he's like, I can't play Dungeons and Dragons. And I said, so you, you dragged me over here because you can't play Dungeons and Dragons. He said, yeah. I said, this is a real pressing issue. Hmm. It is. He says, I get up to like the seventh or eighth board and the system crashes. I said, yeah, that's catastrophic. We're going to have to do something about that. I, was, I couldn't believe that I was going to be helping him fix a, a game. And so uh, I get out there. This was a Thursday night. We both have class early the next morning. And I'll call him Chris. That was his name. I'll say, Chris, uh, okay, so I understand what you need. Um, I'm not going to do this tonight. It's already 10 o'clock. I've got class tomorrow at 8. Um, I think you do as well. So um, why don't I come back over the weekend? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. So um, I came back around one o'clock on Saturday because everybody's out late pretty much doing who knows whatever. And uh, one o'clock, I was supposed to come over. I call him. He still was kind of like sleeping or hungover. And so I didn't come over till two o'clock. Got there at two o'clock. And uh, I said, Chris, what's going on? I said, oh, yeah. He says, did you eat? I said, no, I didn't eat. He says, oh, okay. I'll put some pizzas in, in, the, in, the, in the oven. I said, okay, cool. So I'm looking at this stuff. I'm looking at it. Long story short, um, 
in DOS, which was disk operating system, memory was only 640K. That's all you could have was 640K. And programs, only certain programs could use extended memory, which is anything above that. And so a lot of these DOS programs, like the Dungeons and Dragons that he had, wouldn't run outside of conventional memory. So you can't add any more conventional memory. And if the program can't run extended memory, well, you're kind of like, you know, up a creek without a paddle. And so um, he said, how are you going to do this? I said, just, just leave me to it. So I'm looking at it. And so what I had to do is move some things around. So like even your mouse, for example, your mouse driver, your sound driver, when you play a DOS game, has to load something so that can work. Otherwise, it won't work unless it's in Windows and it's not a full Windows game. It was kind of like a hybrid. So um, I spent a while looking at the memory and making what we call contiguous memory, which just means that I took a look at how the memory was allocated. And then I moved the program in such, in such a way that we were getting contiguous memory. There were no gaps. After I did that and spent some time, and I think it was maybe an hour or so, he came back with the pizza. And um, I said, I think we're all fixed. He said, we're all fixed. Really? I said, yeah. So I said, I started the game. It works fine. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He says, he says, he says, you can't just start the game. You have to play it. I said, well, I don't know how to play it. He said, well, he says, we have to test it. I don't know if you fixed it. And I'm like, seriously? Yeah. Eat your pizza. I'll play. So he's playing and I'm waiting like maybe a half hour, 45 minutes because we're going through like level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I said, you're at 10. He says, no, he said, we didn't clear 10 yet. He said, I got to clear 10. He said, it crashes like somewhere between 10 and 11. I'm like, really? So we get to level 10. We get to level 11. I said, you're, you're, you're good, right? He says, I want to just go one more level just to make sure like it wasn't like a fluke. So we go to level 12. I said, are you happy? And I says, yeah, I'm happy. And so he says, I got to call you back next time. He says, I have another program that won't, won't play. I said, yeah, another day. Uh, I even had professors calling me, uh, actually asking for help. But they're like, you know, John, um, you didn't help me. I said, what do you mean I didn't help you? Well, let me uh, say this diplomatically. You help me, but no one else knows you help me. And we're going to keep it that way, right? I'm like, okay. So this was a, a doctor. He was in my uh, advanced computer science class. And he was going over data structures. And I had a question. He was going really, really quickly. And I said, can you repeat that? And a lot of times he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll repeat that just once. So one day after I'd helped him, because he told me what he said to the class, he wasn't going to repeat anymore. And I raised my hand. He said, Mr. Morley, he says, uh, perhaps you weren't paying attention. Uh, I'm not going to repeat it. So I suggest you get it from one of your classmates. And I just sat back in my chair and I said to him, I said, you know, uh, a doctor. Um, I said, you know, I said, uh, it's amazing how we respond to other people. And it's also amazing how some people can keep certain things and not share them with the rest of the world. One might call that, I don't know, a secret. So I think it's important that, um, you know, we get the help we want because it would be a shame um, if other people were felt, made felt that way. You know, like that possibly like um, something they didn't want to get out. So um, he immediately tells me to put my hand down. He's like, I get your point. He's like, so we'll go through this one more time for Mr. Morley, because obviously it seems like he has an issue. He had a little bit of an attitude. He went over for me. And uh, when I saw him next time alone, I said, you know, I said, um, I help you every day. 
I said, can you do me a favor? Next time we're in class, can you lose the attitude? Or I'm going to make sure I don't help you anymore. He kind of like went back in his tracks. So I knew at that point, uh, Joe, that I was good at what I did. Not because I knew it, but because other people were telling me. I want to take a minute from the show to share how you can support changing the channel. This show is my passion project. And if you feel called to support, the best place to start is by subscribing and sharing the podcast on whatever platform you're listening. You can also use the link in the show description to provide one-time or monthly support. Next would be to check out my website in the show notes where you can become a VIP of the show and check out the many offerings I have to support people on their journey. Finally, you can engage with the Q&A and polls to have a direct say in the direction of the show. I'm forever thankful for your support. And now, back to the show. And um, when I graduated, my dad gave me a choice. Do I want to get X dollars and go start a company and I would get a month off? Or do I want to get less money and get like one or two weeks off? I decided the first option, take the more money and take the month off. He said, but you know, that's going to be a lot harder, which is why, you know, you're getting more money and you're also getting a whole month to just do nothing. No school, no nothing. And uh, it was challenging, Joe, because, you know, when we start a business, we all start as business owners, right? So a business owner is somebody that's put their, um, let's say their blood, their sweat, their tears into that business to get it going. They have to keep it legally compliant. That's uh, filing certain things with the government, your state, IRS, et cetera. And so as you do that, you stay compliant. You have to get insurance. You might have to get employees. You have to figure out how to market your business or get someone to help you. So it's a daunting task. And I remember just before I graduated talking to one of my friends, it was actually the same friend, Chris. He's like, oh, my grandfather, or my uncle knows somebody in this large publicly traded company and we're going to get you an amazing deal. He's like, I think I can get you like 70% off what they normally charge. So I was like tickled pink. Then after several years of them working for me, I started to realize they don't know what they're doing. He said, John, you got to give it time because you know, you're in a competitive industry. Yeah. I said, well, you don't, guys don't know what you're doing. So about eh, roughly 7, 12 years back, I decided that I um, was going to fire these people. I did. I um, went to Xerox, who we're already a client of. And uh, I said to them, guys, how do I become a mom-pop print shop? They said, John, it's real simple. You just, um, it just basically, it's just going to be about, uh, they said, I think they said 150 so I reached in my pocket and I gave him $150. Well, $150 was not what they meant. They wanted $150,000, but they didn't say that. Mm -hmm. Went to my bank, got a loan back and forth. And then I got this printer, uh, this huge train printer, my first production printer. And I walked into their office about two weeks later. And I said, guys, we had a great run and we're done. And they looked at me like I was speaking a different language. It took me, Joe, an hour to fire these people. One hour to fire them. I said, maybe you guys aren't getting it. Let me be blunt. You are fired. Not just you. Not just your manager. Not just your assistants. The entire company is fired. And they said to me, well, you know, we spent all night working for you. 
and we have a multi-million dollar project that's going to take Jay Moore off the map. Would you like to hear about it and see it? No. It's like they didn't listen to what I was even saying. So now I had been a business owner, and now I took that step to becoming a serial entrepreneur. Before I became that, I realized that the business wasn't going to, um, let's say, survive or even thrive on the way it was running. So because I was now running the business from a passion standpoint and running it from a creative world, I became an entrepreneur. When I discovered the magic of starting another business to solve that business problems, which was marketing, advertising, graphic design, etc., I became a serial entrepreneur. Now, I'm not wanted in any states for anything uh, bad by the police or anything like that. But I will tell you that when you become a serial entrepreneur, you become even more passionate about solving a problem for your current business with another business. And my first client was actually Jaymore, my IT company. And we produced business cards and we produced brochures and stuff. And I started getting excited with the idea that we could produce content. Being a video producer for a while, I said, I can get back into that, uh, you know, flair. And so a serial entrepreneur is somebody that um, basically sees a need and starts another business to fulfill that need. So if I need to print business cards, if I need to print flyers, if I need to do a mailer, I can do it and it'll be in the mail tomorrow. There's no middleman because we do it. So one of the things that I uh, am proud to say that we do is we actually do everything in-house. And so what that means is I don't have to rely on anybody to do anything. Obviously, we don't mail it ourselves. We have to go to the post office, but everything else is done in-house. Too many of these large companies that are publicly traded, they spend so much time, they didn't even print my stuff and they print it wrong. They sent it to somebody in another state. When they told me that that's not what they do, they lied. So I decided that in order to do this correctly, being an entrepreneur has to come from an authentic sense of self. A lot of people do something because of the money. I get it, right? But when you're passionate about what you're doing in life and your mission, and my mission is pretty simple, to become a better version of myself and help others become better versions of themselves. I do that through my podcast, through podcast coaching, through helping people start their own podcast, to branding them, to writing content. I think I've written in the last, since January, I've written close to 400,000 words. Now I say that not to brag, but I say that to tell you how driven I am to creating content that is purposeful and meaningful. That's why seven years ago, I applied to become a member of the International Press Association. Didn't expect they'd accept me. Two weeks later, I got a letter saying, we'd like to invite you to become a member. So whenever somebody comes to me and says, hey, John, you know, what will it cost if you say this? I said, what do you mean say this? Well, we need you to say we're the best. Well, are you? Well, no, but I have some people who think we are. Well, that's not really an honest thing to do. Oh, so we can't like give you a few extra bucks and you can't just write that down. Like, no, I don't work like that. Hmm. So when I do PR or I do an article or I do market advertising, I'm not going to falsify something. 
I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not going to do that. That that's probably the most important thing. I, I'm not going to do that because the reason that I'm not going to do that is because I know the integrity means more than anything. So to me, it's about being authentic. Um, this is why when I do all my posts online through lots of different social media, they don't get banned. And that's strictly because I'm delivering high quality content, uh, Joe, that doesn't sell anything. It's just about taking a nugget out of something I've shared with somebody. And I'll even give some today that you don't have to buy or pay me to do anything. You can use these nuggets raw right from my advice. And if you implement them, they'll change your life. Beautiful. That is a wonderful story. And uh, a few nuggets that I got out of that were, A, purpose-driven. You know, you have to have a passion for what you're doing. If you're getting into business because you're just trying to make some money, you're just trying to, you know, make some extra cash, you're just trying to do something along those lines, oftentimes you're going to really struggle because if you don't have the passion, if you don't have the drive, if you don't have the excitement that gets you out of bed every day to do the work that it takes to to create a business, to become an entrepreneur, to start the serial entrepreneur route, then you're probably going to struggle and it's, it's going to be a, a difficult road for you. And, and you may get into it a couple of years and then realize, oh, shoot, this is definitely not for me. Like I, I don't have the passion. I experienced that in a in, in a business that I had started where I got into it. It was, uh, you know, me and a friend, we, we got into the business. I wasn't passionate necessarily about it. And after uh, a bunch of years, I realized that because I wasn't passionate about it, it was just a job. It, it, even though, you know, I was a partner in the business, like it was just a job. And I, I really struggled to have that that drive every day. Um, you know, I found different ways to to have that passion. I was trying, you know, mm -hmm. my best to help all my all the employees become better versions of themselves. I was trying to give mm -hmm. them an opportunity. Um, and I, I framed it a whole bunch of different ways, but at the end of the day, I just didn't have the passion. I wasn't super excited about what industry I was in and the business that we were doing. Uh, I didn't, um, you know, I, I, that spark wasn't there. So the, it took a lot of work. And I think that's what a lot of people are experiencing in working for these larger companies, these corporations, you know, these businesses mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, that their mm -hmm. mission, their mission is to maximize shareholders profit. And it's like, well, you know, uh, how do you get behind that? How do you become passionate about maximization of shareholders profit that makes people that you'll never meet or know benefit well beyond what, what you are experiencing? I think you know, when you talk about these public companies and uh, not to mention them, but I've been instrumental in helping lots of different companies in my IT company. I designed the security for Wall Street and I work with a lot of these companies that are on Wall Street and they have a different uh, modus or operandi. Um, they're driven with money. They're all about money. But they will sell people out they will snitch. They will. They will not build bonds. Uh, they will do whatever's needed because hey, I could be thrown under the bus under the bus tomorrow. So I'd rather throw you under the bus because it's better you under the bus than me. Mm -hmm. That's how they operate. 
Yeah, that, I've heard a, a story of stockbrokers back in the in the late '80s, early '90s, and they're they're selling these products that they know are uh, false. They know that they're they're not worth what they're selling them yep. for, and they came up with a saying: "IBG, YBG, I'll be gone, you're be, you'll be gone." Like that was their that was how they were operating. And not to say that every company, every every large business is operating that way, but you can tell pretty quickly, especially if you're working there, but from the external, like yep. if you look into what they're about, what they're focused on, what what they are actually mm -hmm. doing in the world, you can pretty much tell which companies are uh, moving towards, we are, profit, we are maximizing the profits of our shareholders, which is technically how the business was constructed and and when they were when they were built when they uh formed their articles of operation that was the understanding of how businesses were supposed to operate because they were again taking a little bit of, mo of money from a whole bunch of different people and trying to um you know the goal was to maximize the shareholders profit but i think we've moved into a different world uh, it feels like we are in mm -hmm. a whole different operating uh, stratum for business where purpose is now the driving factor for these businesses. And if you are not a purpose-driven business, I think the road ahead is going to, to, it might not look like it right now, but it's going to become pretty bumpy. It's going to become pretty, um, uh, difficult for those companies that are only driven by money. And I, I think that's a, that's a big mouthful, and uh, it's a lot for people to swallow uh, because, you see, the thing you have to realize with these big companies, you might have that couple hundred thousand dollar check, uh, that million dollar check you're getting. But I want to tell you something. If that check is coming from something you're creating, it could be gone tomorrow. It could be gone. You know, we say this a lot uh, doing acting for a long time. You're only as good as your last show. What do you mean by that? Well, if your last show was terrible, no one's going to invite you. I did piano recitals for many years, and I was good. But no one would invite you back to play again if your last song was terrible. So you always had to make sure that your last performance was your best, was better. Hmm. Somebody also told me something one time. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, it was actually a guest of one of mine on a, on a show that I had. And uh, he said, you know, you're either going to get a little bit better or a little bit worse. And uh, he used this analogy uh, because he's a horseman that, you know, when um, you get on a horse and you buy that horse from him, you're either going to get a little better each day or you're going to get a little bit worse. And if you can't tell me if you're getting a little bit better, you're probably getting a little bit worse. And uh, something else that was very interesting about that is that the horse responds to our attitude and how we treat it, how the touch, the never knew this, how the left and the right make the pressure, the type of pressure, make that horse respond. And um, he used the analogy that, you know, somebody could uh, – uh, you know, somebody could break their horse. What do you mean they could break? They said, well, they could break their horse, then I have to come back and I have to fix the horse. And uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people 
you know, when they see publicly traded and they see everybody else making a lot of money, they say, well, gee, I'm naturally going to make that money. No, you're not. Um, a lot of times these people that are making that money, um, they're going to be burned out. And I think that's a big thing we have to be cautious of. People are underpaid, okay, and they're not treated well. So even if, you know, a starting business is fine doing that, but if you're, if the business is doing very, very well, you should be able to pay them better. Um, and you also have to make sure you don't burn your, your team out. Um, there was a very good uh, reference to this, and it went like this. Three people have to win. The customer client needs to win, okay? The company needs to win, and of course, the salesperson or consultant needs to win. If we don't get a three win, somebody's going to be unhappy, and that relationship's going to fall apart. So I think trust, uh, Joe, is something that a lot of people say but fail to deliver on. I always tell people we've got to under-promise and over-deliver, not the reverse. Because if I over-promise to you and then I don't even come close to delivering, they're like, well, John didn't do anything. So I think we have to understand that regardless of what business we're in, you know, people say, well, John, how much is it going to cost? Well, let's forget about how much it's going to cost. Let's just have a conversation. Let's just see where you are right now. Um, you know, they say, well, you, can you help us? Well, yeah, we can help us help you, but are you ready to be helped? I get a lot of people in podcasts right. and they want us to grow it or they want us to build a brand for them. And I'm like, okay, but do you want to do that? Yeah. Well, do you know what that means? Do you know that's going to change you? What are you? What is your brand? Oh, I don't know. Well, we need to interview you a little more because I don't know who your brand is. I don't know what you are about. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I'll just get somebody else real quick on, on, on such and such, and I'll just pay him 25 bucks. I'm like, well, that's not going to do it. Because long term, and this is how I've been growing my podcast, they grow uh, because the content I put out there is educational. And when the content's educational and we hit those correct audiences, it's not spamming them. It's hitting audiences that want to learn about this stuff. You and I both want to learn about how to improve our lives. No secret there. And so do your audience members. So they obviously will value your podcast. They'll obviously value my podcast at BelieveMeAchieve.com, like IFYL Inspirations for Your Life. And that show started by accident a few years ago because I was just getting on and talking about John's day. I was like, I need to make this more structured. I can't just get on the mic and like, all right, well, today I was in a store and uh, this is what happened. Like, I need it more structured. So about a year or two, I was actually um, going to get on the mic. And I said, I got to do something. The holidays are coming up. I got it. I'm going to go to the dollar store. And I'm going to go buy 25 gifts. You might think, what the heck is he buying 25 gifts? So I bought 25 gifts and I wrapped all of them. And each day, I opened up the present. Oh my gosh, the universe just gave me a trash can. The universe just gave me this. And I was like, and so my idea for my next book that's coming out is based on this theme, which is 25 gifts of inspiration to change your life. But every single month, you can either get one book, one chapter, or two. I don't send the whole book out at once. I send a chapter out with a little proper toy to have that um, concept let's say, play around in your head. So when I give you the trash can, well, what's the universe trying to tell me? I'm garbage? Mm, I don't think that's what the universe means. Universe, you're not being very nice to me. Why are you telling me I'm garbage after all I do for you? 
there's got to be a reason. And I'm just playing around with you. I'm like, hmm, why would the universe give me a garbage can? I got it. You're trying to tell me that I need to get rid of certain people and things and habits. I'm like, wow, thank you, universe. Hmm. So, so let's yeah. talk about that. Let's, let's talk about how do you tap into the universe? How do you, t- how do you tap into that energy that, that you're calling the universe? So the universe responds to our energy. Okay. If we tell the universe, for example, you know, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Okay, John, I got you. I'll keep giving you not enough, not enough. I'll keep making sure you don't have enough. So one of the things I want to express, uh, and this gets into a whole thing, but I'll try to give you some short tips on it. One is start your day and end your day with gratitude. I have a gratitude rock. And uh, every morning I get up, I reach over and I, that rock. And I do John's alphabet of gratitude. So what that is, is I go through the entire alphabet, A through Z. And I don't just say things I'm grateful for. So I'll start with the letter A. So air. I don't just say air. I hold it and I feel it. You can put your hand on your heart if, if you're not able. And you can, when you put your hand on your heart, people, if you're not accustomed to this, you'll start to center yourself on your heart. I'm grateful for the air I breathe. I'm grateful for abundance. And I do this with each letter. So there's a difference between saying it and feeling it. Because we, we feel we will manifest. What we say doesn't necessarily become a feeling. And that's why people get stuck. They say, well, I said all this. I said all this. I said I'm a millionaire. I said I'm going to be all this. I said I'm going to be healthy. You said it, but you didn't believe it. Which is why in my slogan, it says, believemeachieve.com. Believe and you will achieve. The people that don't believe don't achieve. So how do we tap in? First thing is gratitude. That's 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 just number one, number one, number one. Because when we are grateful yeah. for things, more things in our life will show up that we can become grateful for. All right, and it's all about you know the uh, I've heard that gratefulness is is one of the key aspects to raising your vibration, raising your energy. Yes, because it yes gratitude is just below love in on the spectrum of you know emotional Mm -hmm. uh, energetic frequencies and that's why it's the easiest one to really tap into i've started meditation classes i've started um you know uh, a whole bunch of different things Mm -hmm. all right let's think of three things that we're grateful for right and then we can tap in because we're raising our our frequency we're raising our vibration and we're allowing that to now interact with what you're calling the universe, the field. Exactly. So I think when we do that, that's number one. And you can't just do it, say, oh, you know, I just want to be thankful. That's not being thankful. So saying thanks doesn't mean thanks. If somebody says to you, you know, thanks, Joe, and they just say thanks to you, right. you can tell whether I'm in, hey, thank you, Joe. I had a great show. Thank you. Thanks for the, thanks for holding the door. There's a difference between, hey, thanks, between a thanks that carries an emotional vibe with it. And uh, people I talk to them, like, you're crazy. I'm like, no. Um, when you're in a store, uh, Dale Carnegie said something. I also took the Dale Carnegie course many years ago. He said, um, how to win friends and influence people is two things. One, to get to know their name. 
you don't know their name, hey, um, you have a beautiful last name. How do I spell that? How do I say that? Could you help me out with that? I don't want to uh, botch up that beautiful last name or that beautiful first name. And then you can say it with them. Am I saying it correctly? Yes. Oh, do a little more emphasis on the, on the other syllable? Got it. And they'll be appreciative that you've done that. Because saying somebody's name is the most beautiful thing uh, that they can hear. The second thing is strive to become genuinely interested in the other person. So I'm not important. You are. So I should be interested in you. But how do you tap into the universe? So tapping into the universe is an interesting question. Because a lot of people say to me, well, gee, you know, just visualize. So I'm also a silver graduate. And I do a lot of meditation, but it's not just visualizing. It's visualizing and feeling what you have. Uh, Neville Goddard says something who's amazing. Um, Neville Goddard, a long time ago, uh, was uh, holding a meeting in the back of his church at the end of service. And he told everyone, um, the first meeting, um, you're going to write on a piece of paper, I will not climb a ladder, I will not climb a ladder, I will not climb a ladder, I'll put this all around my house. And then when you go to sleep at night, I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to picture yourself just climbing the ladder. And when you're in your day life, um, you know, don't climb a ladder. You know, don't intentionally climb a ladder. And what I want you guys to do is do that every night. And next Saturday, if you've climbed a ladder, I want you to come back. Don't come back unless you've climbed a ladder. But don't climb the ladder on your own. Like, don't just do it. So um, a couple days went by. More than half of the group came back. They're like, Neville, I was all of a sudden I was doing something and, and my kid asked me for something. And all of a sudden I just walked up and like, oh, I just climbed a ladder. And so the subconscious will actually lead us and actually runs our body. So Neville Goddard said we have to live the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So feel as though it's already happened. Feel as though it's already happened. I know that can sound... And then and then release that, right? Yeah, and then release it. You, you have to kind of release the expectation of how it's going to come into your life. Yeah, so there's other things you could do. I know, like... You, you don't want to put a, a specific uh, um, reason to how it's going to happen. Right. So one thing I do to help people understand that is I tell people to take their left and their right hand, whether you're lefty or righty, take your... Your, your non-dominant hand, in my case, it's my left hand, okay? So what I tell people to do is take their, their dominant hand, okay? And just to slightly pinch the side of the crease, the side of their, of their uh, crease between their index and thumb. And just kind of hold it. Don't cause pain. And I just want you just to hold it there. And I want you to think about what it would be like if you had, I don't know, a million dollars in your bank account. What would that feel like? If you had a million dollars in your bank account right now, how would you walk? How would you talk? How would you live your life? What would you buy for yourself? If you're going to buy a car, what car would you buy? What color would it be? Now, remember, you can have any car 
any budget, any price tag, with any set of options. And while you're ordering that car, maybe get a second one. What color would the second one be? What would you like to buy maybe your loved ones? Um, where would you go out to eat? Would you do anything different? How would you treat others? What would you donate to people? And how about going to maybe one of your favorite stores? And instead of just buying one thing, I'm not sure what I want. Take one of everything that you think you want. And notice how this feels. Maybe you're home and maybe you decide to have a meal cooked for you. Well, why not hire a professional chef to come in and cook that meal for you? And notice that when you're in this world of purpose, when you start to realize that all this has happened, you just haven't connected with it yet. But how would that feel right now if you're in that brand new car, whatever it is, the color, you have the radio or the, the satellite radio on, you can drive down the roadway. And now what would your parents say? What would your friends say to you? Who's the first person in your life that would actually say job well done? What would they be saying to you? Would somebody text you? Would somebody call you? How does that feel right now? Maybe you decide that you like to go to a sports game. Well, you have to M as many money as you want. So why not just buy a box for the season? And if you don't use it, you can always use it as a tax write-off. And just know how that feels. Notice that as you are enjoying this, you're not getting arrogant. You're allowing yourself to connect with everything you want, and you can have it as long as you don't harm or hurt another person. Now, when you can't imagine getting any more feeling, I want you to put all the feeling right now into having that million or $10 million in your account. How do you really feel? And when you can't feel any better than you believe is possible, I want you to release your thumb from your crease. Okay. You've just created an anchor. Now, simply take your, your, your hand that you were creasing, take your other hand and just apply it lightly and notice the feelings return. Take it away. They go away. Put it back. The feelings return. I recommend doing that once an hour. Once an hour is enough but it's enough to condition the body in a way that will make you want to change your, I'll call it neuroplasticity, the uh, connections in your brain, because our brain runs our body. Our brain is the program that runs our body. But the real truth of the matter is, it's not only our brain. The CEO of our body is not our brain. It's our heart. So if we want to get in touch with manifestation, many people spend the time up here. You've got to feel it down here in your heart. So I tell people to put their hand on their heart because when you do that, you start to put an energy there. And it's your heart that's able to connect with those things that you want. Just like we're listening to this podcast, for you to, to listen to this, you had to tune to a certain frequency. The podcast was always out there. But when you tune to it, you can hear it or you can watch it. Mm -hmm. So our heart is key to allowing us to manifest the things that we want in our life.
and and that seems like it's the the operating system of what we're all calling reality of the 3D world is that basically, you know, you manifest with your heart and you bring that into existence. If you're trying to create from the brain alone, or if you have, um, you know, no, no connection to your heart and you're trying to create, you have to do a thousand times more work to bring that into your mm-hmm. life. Is that, Absolutely. Is that your experience? So it's kind of like the uh, best way analogy I can give you is uh, let's say you were using um, a tool and that tool would operate manually or with power. If you had to use that tool with manual power, you'd have to put a lot more energy into it. If you just use the tool with the electricity and the motor, then that tool would be effortless. So the universe doesn't care whether we're creating a dollar or a billion dollars. The universe just sees it as easy. So when we start to have the belief, um, and again, this doesn't happen overnight. You can't just say, oh, well, John, I have a challenge. Well, it doesn't happen overnight. Like, it's not like I flipped the light switch on. Okay, it's happening. So the belief starts. The belief then gets the heart you feel, and then when you feel, it gets our mind to take inspired action. Now, a lot of you are like, oh, you know, what am I supposed to do? Well, you got inspired action. You didn't take it. So a lot of those people are scared. Well, is it the right action? So you got to not be afraid to take the action. Like I always say, we have to push the envelope a little bit further. You might have heard that our body has uh, a RAS, a reticular activating system. We're born with it. Our RAS is designed to keep us out of trouble. That's why we have a RAS. The problem is the RAS also prevents us from success. So what we need to do is trick the RAS and get it to work for us. So, for example, maybe we are, um, I don't know, we're trying to do something in our life to achieve some additional uh, success, whether it's a relationship, whether it's financial abundance. And so... The reticular active system is like, hey, you know, um, I'm not comfortable here. Like, I'm going to stop here because I don't want you to get in trouble. You just push a little further, just a little further. And that little bit further, the Raz is like, I guess we didn't get in any trouble. I guess we can go there next time. So now you've changed, as I will say, the neuroplasticity of your brain. You pushed it a little further. So now you've got a little further to move. And next time, guess what you do? You push it a little further. I'm not telling you to push it you know, a gigantic way, just push it a little bit. Now your Raz is, all right, I, I see now. I, I, I think I can do that. I can, I can move in that pattern. So that's why a lot of people don't get successful because their Raz is, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Like, I'm here to keep you safe. Um, I'm not worried of making you successful. I want to keep you safe. And that could be a danger. Yeah, the same thing can be said about the um there's another system in the brain that basically um it stops you from experiencing things that you're not familiar with it 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 creates uh, the default mode network is is what that is and basically it it's preventing you from experiencing new things because it it's fearful of new things and that's what stops you that's what gives you the fear when you're when you're trying a new um and a new experience or you're 
doing a new task or anything along those lines and, and, and getting out of the default mode network is very, very important for um, growth, for being able to expand your reality or expand your, uh, what you believe is possible in this lifetime. False evidence appearing real. And we call that something, we call that our critical factor, which is why hypnosis was invented uh, in meditation. Because when we go into, I'll call it level, which we learned through silver, but there's other terms for it. When we get into level, we start to lower our critical faculties and things can slip in. That's why the best time to probe thing is at night or when you get up, because that's when your critical faculties are at their lowest. Uh, right. Let's say defense point. Beautiful. Well, John, this has been a, a wonderful conversation. I have uh, absolutely enjoyed all of this, and I hope people uh, can gain a little bit of new perspective. Uh, again, like the Silva method, I've, I've done Mind Valley, which has taken um you know vision has taken the silva method and he's kind of improved upon it and created a whole new system which is pretty impressive um so there's, there's yeah the, the of, ultra i did that the, the ultra mind system yeah the ultra mind and then he's got a another yeah, one yeah. which is a, a six six sigma something like that uh it's it's or okay. six phase um, which is, I think that's his newest system that he's gotten into, uh, which is very powerful. And again, uh, it, the same thing that you're talking about, it's, it's creating from the heart. Like that's the only way that you're going to manifest things into your life other than very, very hard work, you know, going to work every day, saving, bringing, um, bringing abundance from hard work and, and just, you know, really, really not something that's joyful to you you're you're doing it because it's work you're doing it because you get a paycheck at the end of the day and um i don't know if you can speak to that a little bit but what it feels like i can so yeah so so my last thought i'm going to leave you with is play like you were when you were a kid when you were a kid you got everything you wanted okay as you got older you started to adapt to people's ideals um and uh, rationales and you started to reprogram without you knowing that things were not possible things were not reachable so when you took that bottle of uh bubble solution and you play with it play like you were when you were a kid so i tell people every day you know what i do i creatively play it doesn't work out i play some more i just love to play and when i play other people want to play. Other people get curious. Want to play. Beautiful. And so my message is always play like you were when you were a kid. And if you get stuck, pretend you were four years old, pretend you were five years old. How would the five-year-old handle the situation? Very wise words to live life by. Live from the heart and play like you're a child. I think that's uh, very, very helpful for anyone listening to this show um, that, that, you know, if you want to have fun in this life, again, don't take it too seriously because at the end of the day, we're all, we're, we're, none of us are making it out alive. So you might as well have fun while you're here. You might as well enjoy the time that you're here. And 
manifest from the heart have something fun and enjoy your life and 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 love that experience that you're having in this 3d reality in this video game of life uh, viewed through the lens of the vr human biome basically so i i leave you with one last tip and that is this i know we don't have time really to get into ai maybe on another show but what i want to tell you is this technology is not good technology is not bad it's how we choose to apply it in our lives that'll affect and shape the character right. of who we yeah. are. Yeah. I mean, I've got a couple minutes. Let's let's kind of delve into that just a little bit. Yeah. Oh, we do? Um, okay. Oh, great. Okay. Okay. We have, I've been saying this for a while, to any technology, whether that's the wheel, a hammer, or AI, an autonomous intelligence uh, that is, you know, basically kind of ubiquitous across the world at this point. Um, like you said, it, it's not good. It's not bad. It's how the humans use that technology, which is what frames it as good or bad. And I think it's kind of important from a perspective to realize that oftentimes the first iteration is used from most people's perspectives as bad. But as we learn about that technology and we understand the positives and the negatives, that that technology can actually be used for positive, a positive change in the world if we as the humans make that change and don't use it in the negative sense. So, um, you know, as we get into AI, as it's introduced, you know, what are your thoughts on what it's going to do to the business world to, um, you know, again, people that are creating from the mind versus people that are creating from the heart? I think when we create from the mind, it makes a big difference in our life. Big, I mean, and the heart changes that drastically because so the mind is what kind of puts, I'll call it the boat in the water, and the heart is what gives it our direction. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're creating without the heart, you're kind of directionless. You could go in any direction when you're creating with the heart. You know, you're moving towards where you need to be going, where you designed your life to be going uh, before you came into this existence. Or, or you're at least moving with the flow of the universe is what I've also kind of heard it be said as, is that, you know, the universe has a natural flow. And if you want to swim up against the flow of the universe, again, you have to you have to expend a whole lot of energy. But if you just allow the universe to flow through you, if you just follow the flow of the river of the universe, then life can be easy and joyful. And you're still creating. You're still doing things like as you swim with the river. Um, you're just not fighting against it to get to a point that your mind has told you, we got to go to that point. It's like, okay, well, we tried it a couple of times and it's very difficult. So let's Let's see if there's another way to get to where we need to go. Yeah, I think um, the biggest thing I could tell you that is that a lot of people are very interested in going toward new technology. Um, they don't embrace what it means. They don't embrace the responsibility, whether we're talking about autonomous driving, whether we're talking about AI in uh, the world of trying to help uh, let's say, provide information. A lot of times AI is wrong. 
when we're talking about the legality, like what's happening with the uh, music industry this week, how they're suing this other software company. I think there's certain responsibilities. And just because we're using computers doesn't mean that we should be able to sidestep there or negate that. That's probably the biggest thing. Uh, where my analogy to that is um, about six, seven years ago, I actually helped um, with my testimony. And uh, I actually helped prosecute four kids that went to jail from one of the Bergen hospitals because they stole uh, several million scripts from the hospital and sold them overseas. Hmm. And so what I tell you about this is very interesting. When somebody does something like that, you have to realize, you know, what's their real purpose in life? Why would you do something like that? That's the first question. Like, why? Why would somebody hurt another person? And usually the reason is because they have not found out their true purpose. They're hunting. And they don't care whose life they disrupt. But I will tell you this. Whenever I bump into these people, I'm never rude to them. But I realize... They either need to be, um, let's say, taken off the streets or they need to be taken out of my uh, view because, you know, no one has the right. No one, no one, no one has the right to make you feel inferior about yourself except for one person, and that is you. So another thing that's important is when we talk about whether a boyfriend, girlfriend, sitting other, they sometimes get restraining orders. Well, restraining orders a lot of times are to keep somebody like 200 feet, 500 feet away from them. But what they forget is that they also have to get an electronic restraining order. So more people are stalking people online than they are in person. People think, oh, well, it's only technology I can do that. No, technology is just as bad. But it's not the technology that's bad. It's the person's intent that's being executed that makes it bad. Mm -hmm. So where do we go? What what the what is your vision of AI as it as it's rolled out? You know, what what does it change? How can we shift our responsibility with it? So AI is a tool that has the ability to process vast amounts of data. Okay. Just to give an example, in on autonomous driving, when we get to level five, which is the highest level autonomous driving, which means that there is no driver in the vehicle, no responsibility of the driver. It's about one terabit of data per second of autonomous driving. Right now, those are going to be some pretty expensive cell phone plans. So something's going to have to change for that. And I was talking to a friend of mine who's a lawyer, and I said to him, um, who's responsible? He says, John, you are. The car company is, the software company is, and you are because it's your car. You know, I'm not driving it. doesn't matter. You're still in trouble. So I think the big thing comes down to accountability, uh, Joe, and responsibility. Those are probably the two biggest things I believe uh, that happen. Accountability and responsibility. And I feel sometimes money is getting in the way of that piece. You know what I'm saying? Like they're looking at money only and saying, okay, well, this is what I've got. This is what I don't have. And they feel that it's okay to do something when it's really not okay. That's probably the biggest thing I can say right now is that AI is going to change the type of jobs we have. Like, let's take CNC machining, for example, uh, computer numerical control, which is the ability to produce parts using uh, programs. They used to use um, IBM, uh, let's say, uh, punch cards with holes. And then they went to tapes. Then they went to programs in computers. 
And so you could literally have any kind of part for a car or aircraft or space vehicle manufactured consistently, quickly, every time, and now be able to gather data so that other parts can be made even more efficiently in their new designs. Car manufacturers are using something, um, using an AI generative design, which will allow them to get not only a higher quality, more efficient part, but also um, they could get hundreds of variations of just one part in the car. Maybe it's the radiator uh, cage, or perhaps it's the motor cover. We didn't have that ability before. So AI is going to be a research tool, but I don't think AI should ever be used as the be-all, end-all. Like it should never be used as something that's going to give us medical advice. It shouldn't be used to write our papers. Um, can we use it to get a topic idea? Sure. But we shouldn't use it to write our papers. We can tell the flair of AI, and it uses the same all the time. Um, should we use AI for um, anything else in the world? Well, there are some benefits, like how about security? So I think there's some benefits when we talk about patterns and facial recognition. But where is that data going? Who's storing it? And what happens if that data falls into the wrong bastard's hands? Whose lives are compromised? We're seeing this now with the new AI tools, uh, uh, dolls for the holidays for, uh, for girls and boys, right? Something that was just a simple toy before, like a Teddy Ruxpin, now is communicating with the internet. And now not only can do that, but actually can get to know your son or daughter. And now the world gets live and very dangerous because what happens when bad actors intercept that feed and now say they want to meet your son or daughter? Well, because they've learned some information about them through AI and through communicating with that toy that the parents are oblivious about. And it gets very dangerous and serious. Right. So then it seems like there has to be kind of an evolution of understanding from a human perspective, like, again, we have all these bad, you know, we're, we're worried about bad actors, right? Like, can you imagine a world without bad actors? Can you imagine a world where everyone has the same level of understanding of that we are all interconnected, that we are all a part of this, this bigger world together? And that, you know, the more that you harm somebody else there, you're actually harming yourself in, in reality. Like, is there a, do you see that in the future at any point? I don't think, I don't think they see that. I don't think they're seeing that they're just seeing the money. That's all they're seeing right now. Right. But I'm asking you, like, do you see in, in, and in the future, like, can that, can that be a possibility? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, I absolutely do. Well, John, anything else you want to... But wanna... the challenge is... Go ahead. Oh, sure. I'd say the challenge is we have a responsibility to be accountable for our actions and the systems that we employ. So we can't say that, A, you know, they're making decisions... Ultimately, it comes down to the person that created that. As we get into quantum computing and so many other things, the last thing I want to share is this. When, you know, we think about people, nobody cares 
what you did for them. Nobody cares what you gave them. I'm saying this in a very broad sense. What they're always going to remember is how you made them feel. Hmm. So why don't we spend our time and create feelings that'll last a lifetime and be I love that. Thank you, John. I really appreciate you coming on. This was a wonderful conversation. I hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, and yeah, you kind of alluded to it, but maybe we can get you back in a couple of months and see where we're at in the world and, and just kind of uh, have another conversation. Sounds awesome. It was great to be with you guys. And if you'd like to check out uh, much of my free content, you can visit believemeachieve.com. Um, you can listen to uh, my podcast, uh, my tech podcast, as well as my Inspirations for Your Life podcast. And uh, check out some of my articles. I think you're going to be pretty amazed with where we're going with technology. Also, check out my one with how farmers are turning to AI uh, to uh, manage a more effective and efficient um, you know, dairy produce area. So there's a lot happening. I think we just have to be open to what's coming out there and not be judgmental and understand that when we make these choices, we have to ask ourselves the how, the why, the when, and what's the safety precautions. That's really important. Just like whenever you set up anything banking, right? You don't do it unless you set up a two-factor. Beautiful. I'll make sure I include all those in the show notes, John, so anybody can find uh, if they're looking for any of your information. And I really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you again for listening to Changing the Channel with Joe Garner. If you enjoyed the show, please follow the podcast, hit the bell to know when a new show comes out, share with a friend and rate us on whatever platform you're tuning in from. It helps get these messages out to more people to create the collective shift in reality we are here to experience. Make sure you interact with the Q&A and poll sections of the show so I can continue to provide content you enjoy. Finally, check out my website in the show notes to become a VIP of Changing the Channel and join the shift that is happening.